0: Welcome to the Media Nurse Podcast. I'm Dan vatabunker And I'm Kenton Larson. It's been another awesome week of quarantine. Um, I, I don't want to spend a lot of time complaining about, I, t- I just said before we started, COVID complaining. Um, I love COVID complaining, so go do it. Want, no, I don't. I don't want to talk about it. I'm tired of want. it. I'll give you one. I'll give you one. Go first. Okay,
1: my one complaint, and I mentioned it to you before we came on air. The shopping has just never been worse. The actual going to the grocery store yesterday. Yesterday at the grocery store, I had to pick up some cat litter. And so at the front door, a millennial, every person who walked in was yelled at by a millennial. We get the OK Boomer. I'm not even a Boomer and I get OK Boomer. But OK, millennial, I know there's only three people left and allowed in the store at any given time. But this particular young person, everybody who walked in, she would shriek at the top of her lungs. three people in the store at once. And then, the, and then the person will go, what, sorry, huh? And then just like step outside the store and go, how would I know how many people are in the store? I don't know. Mate. Why don't you put a sign I'm on the store? Clear. No, no. So it's not clear, and they, they yell and scream, and they sanitize everything as though you are, like, as though you look horrible. They yeah. make it. They make you feel horrible. So it's it's terrible. Oh, and the, and they also the restricted item in the banking area at the self checkout. That's my favorite, because then they say, then they go step aside, step away from your bag, and then they come to see if you're a thief. But right? so they're afraid of, <laughs> first they're afraid of your germs, then they want to check your bag to see if you're a shoplifter.
0: Mm. Awful, what a I, terrible experience. I, I find it's, it's inconsistent depending on where you shop. Uh, Yes. Uh, some stores, like I've been used to going to the store down the street, which is pretty lax. Like they don't have, well, it's gotten worse this past week. But at first it was just like, they had signs on the saying, make sure you keep away from everybody, um, you know, and that kind of stuff. They had stickers on the floor. But then I went to a different store and they had like arrows taped down saying you can only go this way, like one-way aisles in the grocery store, which I hated because it means I have to go all the way around, go back around. So I'm in there for about 20 minutes managing my way through all this chaos. And I realized that no one else in the store is following the rules.
1: No, nobody <laughs> else is. cares. They tell, you
0: the, yeah. they tell you the front, and then you go do whatever the hell you want when you get in there. And it's just nerve-wracking. Nothing is more stressful to me right now than shopping. It's so,
1: terrible. Yeah. And it's like, it's like bargain basement Ikea
0: with the arrows. Yes, exactly. It is taped on the floor and... And yeah, you can't go over here, and this part, there's no arrows in some parts of it, so who knows where you're supposed to do there. Um,
1: I'm an idiot about those arrows because I was at the Safeway in Osborne Village, which, by the way, is a little better shopping experience because most people go there on foot because they live around the area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a little bit better, and you you sort of get more kind of individuals. It's just a bit easier. But uh, I thought the arrows (laughs) were to tell you how far to stand your cart apart when you're waiting in line at the checkup. Oh, I Yeah, because not... it was pointed towards the checkout. Right, I didn't think that that was, I didn't know that it was directional. Wasn't there a millennial at the door explaining it to you? I expected someone to shriek in my face <laughs> when I walked in. Oh, there was, there... okay, so one more. There's a, an, I shouldn't say a millennial, a nice young person working at the door of, um, of Safeway and they have forced hand sanitization now. And so you got, and it's a fountain. <laughs> Have you yeah, seen? Yeah. That? Yes. And so you put, but probably the most germ filled place you can
0: hang out is that fountain. So they it's like, look at porta potties.
1: Right. First, you must go visit the fountain of germs right over there before yeah. you can come into the store. And so they did yell about, uh, to me about that. And I just, the whole time, and I'm so tempted to say something back. And, to, and then I was like, well, what are you going to do? So, I just like, you know, you just go with yeah. the flow.
0: They're risking their lives, Kenton. They're risking their lives to They're uh, shop for groceries.
1: They are here. Just suis grocery
0: clerk. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That does it for this <laughs> week's edition of COVID complaining on media news. Um, I don't really have anything other than that. I've, again, I, as I have mentioned before, I've been pretty much staying inside. And and uh, my, my thing is just finding more and more stuff to do with the kids and that kind of stuff. Try not to spend too much on the video games because we're all very, yeah. like, well, me and all my kids you yeah. are all very much into video games, so it is very tempting to just sit here and just play games all day. Um, but we did play some Clue, we played some Uno, board games, wow. that kind of stuff. We watched um, Onward on Disney Plus, which of course went direct to Disney Plus after being in the theater for about a week. I would say that was a pretty—it was okay. It wasn't the best Pixar movie, but it's not the worst. It's got some fun, some—it's—it's it's kind of like, um, you know, it's—it's a, it's a bunch of d d jokes. So if you like Dungeons and Dragons, you'd probably like it. Um, But, yeah, that's the biggest challenge for me is just kind of keeping them busy. And for me, of course, I'm doing my movie challenge, uh, which I continue to do. And I'm really having fun with it because I'm discovering things that I wasn't aware of. And you saw my post on Instagram yesterday. I watched a movie called Crime Wave. Yes. Now, this is a complete surprise to me because what I was looking for was the film uh, written by Sam Raimi and the Coen brothers, directed by Sam Raimi. Post it was the follow up to Evil Dead 2, I think, or Evil Dead, the first Evil Dead before Evil Dead 2. Um, and before and right after the Coen brothers had done Blood Simple, so still really early on in their careers. And so, I, I found it in my list of 1985 movies. I wanted to watch it. I found a movie called Crime Wave made in 1985, and it wasn't that, it was something completely different. Not completely different, but it was like it took me a while to realize that I was watching the wrong movie. <laughs> I'll just say that and it turns out it's a film that was made here in winnipeg and i was so yes. shocked when i saw that and i realized that it was like holy crap this is really cool it's it's a it's a very good movie yeah. Not enough
1: people have seen it but i i took film studies at u of m in 1985 and among, I think I told the story a last, on a past podcast about Guy Madden came to visit the class one week and he was like, and, I, and nobody stuck around to ask him questions like we're supposed to, but I was the only one. And I said, uh, how do you get money to make films? I asked him and he, uh, he didn't want to answer the question because you know, <laughs> he didn't want some young guy trying to go, trying to apply for the film uh, money that he gets. So it was oh, funny. Yeah, so, so I was underwhelmed. But then I think the following week he brought in, is the director John Pays? Do you remember him? P-A-I-S-Z? Yes. Something like that? Okay. He came in and he was much nicer. No, I shouldn't say that. He was less standoffish. And he uh, had, it was full of uh, anecdotes about shooting the movie. And then we watched the movie with him. And then at the end had a Q&A with him and everything else. But I remember thinking... Like that year, we had watched like all the classic movies, and that movie was the only modern day movie that we watched. Okay, and, and so it stands out in my mind with all those classics that I saw for the first time as being like a Winnipeg classic, and I to in my mind, it's ranked right up there with like some of the greatest movies ever made because that's what we had been watching all that semester.
0: Really, it's funny because it does have. If you think about my Winnipeg, which was Guy Maddens, yeah, it's a similar idea. It, yes, it my Winnipeg uh, is a mix of true and made up stories, uh, this one is completely made up, but the way that they present it is very similar in my mind, where they kind of jump to these scenes, it's about a writer, it's about a, a guy writing a crime movie, a color crime movie as they say in the film, not sure why they make the distinction of it being color, but, um, but it's uh, also shot in the style of like this kind of educational video, which is really interesting. Yeah, and girl, I forgot about that. The girl is Eva Kovacs, who's a grad of our program. Oh, yeah. It's her. Uh, I'm sure yeah. it's her. I tagged her in the Instagram post. She's not gotten back to me yet, but I'm sure it's her as a child. Like she was maybe 10 years old. I don't know. Um, I forgot about that. So she's a little girl who lives in this Good place. call. And, and the, what, what gave, gave it away for me, because at first it's very generic and it's just a house and you don't really see much in the way of landmarks. But I do remember thinking early on in the film, man, this looks a lot like Winnipeg, like just the architecture of the houses and the, um, the even the hydro poles and everything looks very similar. And then all of a sudden they get to this part where the guy says, and he's got a photo of the mayor and the mayor was Bill Norrie. And I'm like, hey, that's our mayor. That was our mayor in 1985. So yeah. that was it. That was the photo. and That was the giveaway. And then, of course, after that, you realize everything is Winnipeg. You recognize the Exchange District. You recognize there's actually a big shot of downtown, of the buildings of downtown Winnipeg in one shot. So then it becomes more obvious. But, yeah, it was just a great little film. And I was so happy that I discovered it accidentally through this challenge. That's I can't believe that
1: you discovered it that way. And actually, you reminded me that I should probably rewatch that
0: film. It's on, it was on, I said, I, I know I said it was on Amazon Prime in my post, but I made a mistake. It's actually on the Hollywood Suite. So, you know, those 70s, 80s, 90s movies package? I think it comes with your, it might come with your HBO. Um, you must have it. That, that thing, if you just search Crime Wave, you'll find it on your, on your server, or TV service. And that's how I found it. And I just kind of, again, I said, I just use my voice remote to say the name of the movie, and it does it. I said Crime Wave looking for the Sam Raimi movie, but then came up with that one. Um, and it's such a coincidence that there were two films named Crime Wave in the same movie, yeah. the same year. I was like, there's no way. It's just, it's not that movie. Bad luck for the Winnipeg one, I guess, but uh, maybe good luck, good luck now. Maybe good luck now because more people are watching yeah. it. Could, I could not find the Sam Raimi one after when I looked for it. Um, okay. Speaking of being shot in Winnipeg, uh, quickly before we move on to our main topic, um, we do want to talk about uh, Tales from the Loop. Yeah. which again very distinctively Winnipeg and Manitoba I would say I only saw the first episode this is of course the new series for Amazon um it is on Amazon and it was it was shot entirely here uh and the first someone just corrected me and said and also Selkirk they think you can tell by when you get to the downtown scenes like the the parts that look like a small town um that's uh, maybe it's Selkirk somebody someone else said Winkler I mean I don't know I think that Anybody who saw a film crew out and about last year assumed it was this one because it was such a big production, um, but in any case, it does you, can, you definitely can tell based on the the architecture and the the um, landscape and everything that it is Winnipeg and Manitoba. Uh, what did you think of the first episode? Eh. <laughs> yeah I, like, I hope they're easing us into it. It was interesting.
1: Yeah, I agree. It wasn't terrible. It was interesting,
0: yeah. The premise is interesting. Uh, of course, you know, they're basing this off a book of paintings. Like, that's it. It's a collection of paintings with nothing else. No other written narrative alongside it. So they're writing the narrative here. They're, they're basing it all on the visuals. So the visuals are excellent. I would say that the special effects, the like even get the shot of that robot in that one scene. Um, all that stuff looks really good. But yeah, the, the kind of the story of that first episode was a bit laid back and not as engaging. And I realized what was happening before the characters did. Easily. Um, way before the characters yes, did. Likewise. <laughs> so you're supposed I could to... Have, you're, I,
1: could have, I could have stopped that episode 10 minutes in.
0: Yeah. So you could have... Like, you could have... Um, you're supposed to realize it, like, just before the character. That's the best part, is if you realize what's happening just before the characters do, or at the same time as the characters, but not, like, half an hour before it's revealed what's happening so I'm gonna keep watching it of course I love I love where we live I love our province and I want to see more Manitoba landscapes uh, so I will watch it and we'll, we'll kind of talk about it a little bit later but you said you might not stick with it
1: uh, okay well oh well I don't want to step on my recommendation for later in the podcast but I'll say there's another show that I've been watching that I like more okay um, and so when you compare one to the other it's like a no-brainer which one I want to watch but I'll save that for later but uh, I, I I will also say there is a show on Netflix. I think it's from Germany called Dark. I oh, yes. in, in which it's and to I love that show. And to yeah. me, the first episode of Tales from the Loop was like a more predictable, lighter version of the dark places that Dark goes, <laughs> where where it's it's Dark is much more kind of uh, compelling. As a as a time travel tale, if that's even what it is, it's even
0: hard to tell. We don't know that that's all. All those tales from the loop might not have to do with time travel, so maybe it'll be other stuff. Like I I, I get the feeling like it's and and I've seen it compared to Stranger Things in some ways, um, by by reviews and stuff, mm-hmm. because I think the idea is that there are strange things happening in the town because of this this thing that they're doing research on this the, the whatever MacGuffin or whatever whatever you want to call it the object that they're researching. Um, uh, causes strange things to happen so i think there's going to be a bunch of different things happening and it's not just time travel related but yeah we'll see how it goes yeah um before we move it again before we move into our main topic we're going to talk about teaching online which is what we've been doing for the last three or four weeks uh, as far as how that goes and the general idea of it uh, because everybody's kind of having to shift but before i want to mention that i give a shout out to tyler walsh who is a, another grad of our program who who got a shout out from the Prime Minister of Canada Justin Trudeau uh, this past week because he made a cool little Lego animation of the Prime Minister addressing children. This is from one of the earlier speeches that Justin Trudeau made, made when we were first going into the quarantine for COVID-19. And so Tyler, who I know is a big Lego enthusiast, he's, I've seen him do stuff about it before. He had this great when he was working at the Free Press. He had this great report on the lego store in the mall in the in polo park having like a, a master builder show up there who built i think they built a giant yoda they built a big yoda uh they built something there anyway but tyler is a big fan of lego so he did this lego animation of justin trudeau giving the speech and then put it out there and then everyone of course it blew up on the internet got super viral and um no pun intended and um basically He's like kind of a big deal now. The, the prime minister replied to it, really enjoyed it. And I thought that was just kind of cool that that happened.
1: Wow. Yeah. I, I thought the same thing. By the way, when did he graduate? I don't know. Before me. Before me, too, I think. You, you didn't teach him? I don't believe so. And although, keep in mind, like, there were some years where I didn't, where I would see, I wouldn't see a class. There'd be people who'd make it through. So it, it's, and I don't believe he was ever in a class I taught. Okay. Oh, so I. I think it was before I was a teacher there. It had to be.
0: Okay, interesting. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what yeah. class he's part of. Um, but again, it's very cool that, uh, you know, so that he got that kind of recognition and people really responded well to that. It's fun. It's a little bit of fun in this yeah. kind of, well, so you can find that online if you haven't seen it already. Tyler Walsh uh, tweeted out the Lego thing and he shows like, he also did a bit of a shout out to, like, our local, um, here in Manitoba, we have, of course, the, the, uh what is his name chief medical officer chief nursing officer who come out every single day to give us the update on COVID-19 and he had a bit of a shout out to them making lego versions of them behind their desk as they do every day giving us the numbers on how many people are infected how many people have died from it all that other stuff so it was kind of cool they did a, bit of, did a bit of a shout out from home in there as well so yeah that was good all right so we're going to talk about teaching our classes online um, and it's interesting cause it seems that a lot of different places are doing this differently. What have you been doing and how has it been working for you?
1: Well, because we got thrown into it there, I mean, the main issue when we got, when it happened and we we're, we we're sent, all sent home on that Friday. Yeah, on the 13th, Friday, the 13th of March, <laughs> three o'clock or something. So it was like, there was no real time to get anything ready. I still have assignments, marked assignments, locked up in a cabinet at school mm-hmm. and I will never, maybe I'll never go back and get them. How about, my sneakers are at school. Can I go back and get my sneakers? But it, sneakers? Yeah, yes. There, there's a lot. I have so much that I need at school that I just have not been able to go
0: back and get. We didn't, we didn't know that we weren't going to be allowed back there. Well, no. I thought, I thought it was
1: going to be like teachers can come back, of course. Yeah. But I was like, no. So, uh, um, so because we were th- of the way we were thrown into it, the first thing that needed to happen was to get all the existing stuff already in play, handed in, amended, like whatever needed to be done. And so I had one assignment left in all the classes that was out there. So the first order of business was getting all of those in, getting all of them marked, clearing the deck and then getting other stuff set up. So I've been, I know you've been doing the WebEx classes. I'm going to be doing that next week as an optional thing, but I've mostly been posting stuff into Learn and doing my twitter chat once a week yeah just sort of as a as a value added as a as a morale booster kind of thing but it's it's i mean it's not no matter what it is we we're we're calling this it's really not it's 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 a weird version of teaching
0: okay well i, I want to get to that in a second but first just to find some stuff for people who might not be familiar learn is our internal uh system it's a it's an online platform that allows us to post assignments to mark assignments to basically every kind of we can actually interact with the students in every possible way through learn if we want to many of us use it in different ways we've been using it for a number of years now so it's not something that we created just for this purpose, but it is handy when it comes to giving it assignments and materials to students. In a a digital form, as well as getting them their marks and comments back pretty in a pretty timely fashion, Um, in fact, so much so that i've had i've had students like. I've started posting marks on Learn, then got called away to do something else. And then within an hour, I have a student email me going, How come I didn't get my mark? Because <laughs> I hadn't finished putting them on yet. Um, anyway, so students are so interested, like they're still, uh, you know, wanting their their marks back quickly. But uh, so learn that's learn WebEx is what we've been using, what we're using right now for video conferencing. And so this is our version of Zoom. Uh, zoom has been under fire lately i don't know if you've noticed that but there's been a number of uh, hacked uh sessions with zoom and they're really kind of struggling with their security and that kind of stuff um and i noticed that i have used zoom for a couple of things for other podcasts and stuff that i've done and zoom will give you a 40 minute window for free and then they want you to sign up for their package so i've been doing basically podcasts and In versions of 40 minutes at a time, and I have to stop and start again Um, so that's the WebEx is that we have WebEx because the college pays for WebEx we all have the service here and I have been doing classes on it and I found overall the classes are going very well as well as they can be. Um, so the students all kind of get up and they, and this is, I mean, I'm still keeping my 8 a.m. classes. Like they're still oh, coming in. You're well, a- we are a taskmaster. Well, hey, I, you know, if they wanted to change it, they can ask me and nobody asked me. So what the hell, I'll get up at 8 a.m. <laughs> I can, if I can get up and be in my car, drive it to school or take the bus into school and be there for 8 a.m., I can certainly roll out of bed 15 minutes before 8 a.m. and get presentable in front of a n- webcam. What so that's not a problem. Know?
1: See, I, I wouldn't have a problem doing that myself, but I, uh, my heart always goes out to the kids. And I'm like, uh, isn't the, it the only good thing about this that we can time shift? I think that's the only good thing.
0: Probably, yeah. It's, it's nice to think we of anything it. else. Um, but I don't, you know, it's, it's tricky because we don't know who, what anybody else is doing with time shifting. So, um, no, that's there, a there's a bit of an adaptation to go around that. So uh, that's why I kind of kept it the same to, so to not create confusion today. I, today I moved it up by one hour just cause I asked them, do you guys have anything happening at nine o'clock? And they said, no, I said, okay, well, let's move it to nine o'clock. So there's that. Um, so what I've done is it, and it, and it actually kind of fits with what I'm teaching because now I'm teaching this, um, it's radio newscasting. So talking about, Putting to, doing what I do at CGOB is basically putting together the newscast, writing scripts, cutting clips, and presenting a, a newscast. That's the final assignment that they're going to do next week is to present a live newscast. And we're going to do it live on WebEx. So they have to do it in front of everybody in the class. Um, and so what I do is I share my screen. I love this. The- Fifteen of
1: those a class? Yeah.
0: How long does that take? They're only going to be three minutes each, so it's not, it's not super long. But, um, but the, um, the, the sharing the screen option on this platform is really good. So I can share my PowerPoint with them. I can go through it and talk about everything that I would normally talk about my PowerPoint. I get them to do exercises. So I say, okay, here's your exercise, go off and do this, come back in an hour and we'll look at what you've done, which is exactly what I do in class. And I even stay on here. I stay on the website Webex meeting in case anybody anybody has questions. So I don't go, I, I do other stuff while I'm waiting, but I'm still waiting here and if anybody has a question they can just pop back on and ask me like they would in class so it is as close as we can get to a real class which is kind of cool yeah
1: I've I've resisted the urge to do that and part of the reason I was telling you before there's a there's an article in the New York Times about uh, how the the digital classroom has exposed class divides in the United States in the in, in the sense that the students with good Wi-Fi can do all this stuff, and the students with bad Wi Fi can't, or no Wi Fi can't do any of it. Um, and then, um, so there's that, that's the issue. And then there's the other issue of the home life that is not conducive to video conferencing. Right. You know, all of, th- all of those things. And I mean, you know, my heart goes out to our students because nobody signed up for this. <laughs>
0: True. You know uh, to the, to that first point. I think that's yeah. more of a statement about the availability of free Wi-Fi in and yeah. in, in the public space, and there's not enough of it. And I've thought that for yeah. years. We need to have a reliable source of free Wi-Fi for people. I mean, it's nice to be able to pay for you know the Wi-Fi we have at home. By the way, is the college subsidizing our Wi-Fi here? Is that we oh, get? Yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm now using my, for anything. Well, I'm now using my personal Wi-Fi to do my job, so that should some kind of compensation should happen there. Let me make a confession
1: while we're on this point. I may not, I may have left all of that crap that I need behind at school, but I did have presence of mind to take a ream of 200 sheets of paper with me all because I knew I was going to need that that bad boy. So that's all I got out of it. How much is
0: that worth? 10 bucks? No, not, not much the Wi-Fi. <laughs> I'll but pay that, it so that? So And, it, and it, we do have occasionally students who are having problems with the Wi-Fi. I almost had problems the other day. I'm like, shit, I can't even yeah. teach a class. If I don't have it. Uh, but it's been pretty good for me so far. But um, the basically what's happening is I'm recording all my lectures. So whatever they miss, I can post it on, on Learn. I, I post it to YouTube as an unlisted video. And I post that link on Learn so they can watch it after the fact and then ask me any questions they can. Um, and so and then the other th- thing about having people who might not have, you know, maybe they've got um, not a great home life or they've got like, uh, you know, they don't want to show us their private home, which is very understandable. We, we don't need to be let into their private lives. So those students have the option of turning their cameras off. And I only like I only ask that they're logged on and able to hear me and they can, they can talk either through the chat. There's a chat option where it pops up as we're talking. Uh, which I find to work really well when I'm really talking and not uh, people can't talk over me because of this system. So people type a question in the chat, I answer it uh, or they just can speak up when they want and they keep their mics muted otherwise, because there's all kinds of noises going on behind them. Um, (laughs) And yeah, so otherwise so just keep your, you know, if you're moving around or doing something, keep your mic muted. And I've had, I've even had students logged on on their phones at times uh, yeah, because I about that. So that's worked as well. Uh, so whatever works is kind of the motto here, like we're just trying to keep it going. I think to be honest, based on our conversations with our other uh, colleagues and instructors, I think we've done a really good job of converting what we teach to online in this in this circumstance. I think students are still learning what they're supposed to learn. It might not stick as well as it should because of this, you know what I mean, like, like might not remember it as much as they should next year when they come back. We might have to do a refresher. Uh, but I wonder about other Instructors and other programs, we recently learned that um, I don't know. Th- this isn't a secret or anything. I think we can talk about it. That w- students are asking for an option to get a um, like a pass fail instead of a letter grade. Have you heard about that?
1: Is that our students who are asking for that, or some other? Yes.
0: no. Some over college students are asking for it. Not necessarily students in our program, but already a couple of other universities have implemented this. Um, right. University of Winnipeg, uh, Manitoba, and Brandon University have implemented. So students who feel that they're not getting The education that they paid for can ask for just a pass, I don't, I guess this is why, I don't know, you tell me they want a pass fail as opposed to a D, so it doesn't bring down their GPA. Is that why?
1: Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't, I, I, I've heard it called compassionate marking and the way that represents itself in my marking is I'm not going, I mean, pass fail, then everybody gets a pass, right? But if you, grades allow you to separate the A's from the B's from the C's, essentially. And uh, in rare cases, the D's and the F's. But uh, um, I don't know, uh, I, like, there, how, would, how would, like, say, a potential employer look at a P for pass instead of a letter grade?
0: Well, they don't even put the grades on the diploma, right? They don't even, uh, like, nobody, nobody cares what your grades are. What?
1: Yeah, yeah. It would be on a track. But here's the other thing, we have all of these rules about you need a GPA in order to progress. Yes. So uh, we throw that, everything gets thrown out the window.
0: No, I think what uh, this is, it's, I think what it is is gonna be optional after the fact. So we're just gonna do our normal grading as we would, but if a student isn't happy with it, um, or they, they don't want it weighing down on their record, they can ask for it to be just a pass and that's it. So instead of having a D, they would have a pass. And that doesn't count against their GPA, so therefore they could still progress on, which is probably not great for that student if they're not ready to move on. You know what I mean? Like they want we want to make sure they know the material before they move on. So that's the issue. Um, but at the same time, a lot of students and I read one. I read actually the the um, we were sent a link to a Change.org petition, and it was made up by some students from whatever college, and they say all their instructors are doing is basically pointing pointing them into the direction of reading materials, and that's it not all instructors are putting as much work into this as we are I think well,
1: you know but that's true but and I, and I guess I mean if you want to look at it that way I'm not putting as much work into it as you doing the Webex classes but to me it was about keeping it simple simple and easy and not stressing people out keeping it just to the bare minimum that what's been lost I would say is the oxygen like I always say like if you don't come to class and you get the materials it's like looking at a corpse and then going like what was the person like and like maybe, maybe you could make you could look you could make some theories Sherlock Holmes could probably come up with a foot with something but uh, but for the most part getting the assignments are is the and the all of the supporting materials is the bare minimum and the classes breathe the life into it. But I'm so, I just feel so, I, just, I hate the idea that somebody's getting left out because they don't have Wi-Fi or that somebody, and I know, some, I know we have students who have to use Tim Hortons for their Wi-Fi and things like that, where you just go, it just I just don't think that schools should be what people have. Like, I'd rather have a simple course that's not too taxing on people but that everybody gets the same thing as opposed to rich kids can dial in at nine o'clock on Tuesday. So that, I'm, I'm sensitive to that. And, I, and I, it's, it's time. I think we'd have a philosophy about something like that if we just weren't thrown into it, uh, like with zero notice with just like, oh, here we go. Today's the day, pull, yeah, hey, we're pulling the plug. Let's run with this. And I think I might not have even brought this laptop home. You know, like like, there's lots of stuff that maybe some some instructors remembered to do and some didn't. But there wasn't, there just was not enough time to really do. Now, now that I know what it's all about and how this can work, I would do it very differently. And if somebody signed up at the beginning of the year for an online class, totally different,
0: I'd say. Yeah, we we could tell them ahead of time that one of the requirements is that they have a good Wi-Fi connection at home. That's part of the right. requirements. Now, I, and I'm trying to do this. Um, for me, the re- actually, the reason I'm doing the WebEx class is just because it fits better with my teaching style. Like, I really do work better when I'm actually speaking out loud and I, stuff comes to mind when I'm talking that I might not include in the PowerPoint. Um, there's a conversation that usually happens. It's not as much now, of course, because we're not in person. But still, people are still asking questions. And um, I find that it's it's it worked out well with my curriculum being about the news because the news is such a big thing right now that everybody's paying attention to it. So I think that this, if if nothing else, this class of first-year CRECOM students knows more about radio news than any other first-year class at this point. (laughs) because like, they have no choice. They have to listen to the news. That is where they're getting their news from. And so so I've done, I think to pat myself on the back, it's gone pretty well in that respect. Um, I do still have occasional confusion. Um, one of the hardest things to convey in my classes, and this is going back, way back, even back when I was a student, is the difference between what we call a scripting and clip and a script and a voicer and a rapper and all these different formats of radio stories that uh, exist because radio has to change things up. So, you know, you would write a, an online piece or a newspaper piece would be a print article, right? That's how you would read that story. Some some text, some photos, interviews, clips, or quotes, that kind of stuff. But for radio, we create three or four different versions of the same story so that we can use the, change it up when we do the newscast. It's not the exact same newscast every single time. That's what radio news is about. So that, I've had a hard time conveying that to this class at times. Um, but again, this is like some people, if you've never listened to radio news, you really just don't know what it is. So This is why it's forced them to listen to the radio news. Um and so and so, it's worked out for me. And the other thing is it's really good that I'm doing it right now. I am reading the news on the radio um, on weekends so I can tell them exactly what's happening. I can keep them up on what's happening as far as our social distancing. Half the station is working from home. They've had to really implement some interesting measures to get that all happening, which is kind of cool. Um, so it's it's a very uh, interesting time for the media, I would say.
1: Yeah, no, it is. And I, and, and if I can back up what you're saying, uh i would say interestingly enough to me the one bounce that has happened as a result of this is um i am say i'm getting more emails from students and of course i can't just let all the typos and the emails just sit there without me calling attention to them yep so i'll send them back the response and after i go by the way <laughs> you might be interested in some of this and then i give them all the corrections of the words and so and so but, but one of the things that has been a struggle from the beginning of this school year has been to get people to read and write and communicate in a clear, non-error-filled way. That's not everybody, but for a good chunk of people, that has been the major, a major, major thing this semester. So I grudgingly scheduled my optional WebEx classes for next week. And they're like, hey, you know, we might have some questions about those final assignments. And I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah, okay, you better read those bastards before I log into WebEx. This is not me. This is not designed for me to read you the assignment. This is designed for you to have thoughtful questions after you've read the assignment. So we'll see how that goes. But but that's the other thing. It's like, hey, guess what? When you're at work uh, after you graduate, you're going to be in a situation where you're going to be communicating mostly by writing. So that that's this the last few weeks of this semester have been that and so for that that is a good thing for people to have practice with and as I always say the the way you can tell a professional from an amateur as a professional has a tolerance for ambiguity and what's more ambiguous than the way we're rolling out these classes right now you have to tolerate you have to tolerate it there's no other way that this can be done.
0: Yeah, that's true. It's very tough. And I, I can see it weighs heavily on a lot of students who don't have that tolerance, like they really like the structure and the, uh, you know, coming into class every day and, and the that part of it. And because this is all kind of up in the air, it is very uh, stressful for a lot of them. So there is that as yeah. well. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. It's an interesting time. I really hope that, uh, you know, Uh, We we there have been rumblings of what to do in this in the fall if this continues. You said that, but at least you you again as you said, at least in those cases students will know what they're getting into. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's a whole different thing. Like then, yeah, then you have the class as scheduled through the web. I mean, part of part of the reason why I'm hung up on this whole Wi-Fi issue is because well, first of all, I know we have students in that situation. And so it just it just breaks my heart to think of somebody having to drive to Tim Hortons and, and you can't even go in. You have to like park your car. Maybe you don't have a car and you have yeah. to be outside in the cold.
0: One, oh, of the, oh. uh, one of the instructors in our in our group or, or we have an online chat group and everything said that apparently the uh, home depot has really strong Wi-Fi. So if you go park outside a Home Depot, that's also a good place to go. <laughs> yeah. Like, man, it's tough. No, it is oh. right.
1: and, yeah. and you can't get somebody to come to your house or to do whatever it is you need to do
0: to get it set up in the first place. Uh, I was can't even get to through do? to, I can't get through to Shaw the best of times because I want to change my TV package. Part of the reason why I haven't watched Better Call Saul is because I don't have EMC currently because I didn't have it. So now I wanted to get it so I can watch it and I can't get through to Shaw. Like every time I try, it's like you're on hold forever and it, it doesn't have my other company. Uh, MTS always had that option. I that could do it online, which is great, but Shaw does not have that, which sucks. So no, I I'm, uh, I'm stuck not watching Better Call Saul for now, um, but I sh- you know just got, I guess the lesson is just have AMC because <laughs> <laughs> it's a good it's generally a good channel.
1: Well, for I mean, the, uh, well, Schiffman's been
0: uh, tweeting us stuff, yeah. uh, and and you have to avoid that stuff. By the way, well, there's nothing really, no nothing spoilery about what they've been tweeting about. But was that who is that, that you copied on that? Was it, were those the writers of the? the director i think of the episode that okay. I mean, he responded and was stuff it, which was was it a, follow- or was it the writer i don't know one of those guys yeah somebody yeah, involved i in looked it up
1: i looked it up and i can't remember now so
0: apologies it's, it is it is cool that they're yeah. responding to it and it sounds like a very good season so i will catch up on that
1: it's always stellar it's always stellar and it's and it's still i'm happy to report it still is i'm sorry that we have to wait so long for it but uh but it's it's uh, one of the best shows on tv but that's the other thing that's the other thing about this online learning. Um, I've had five or six students recommend Tiger King to me on Netflix, so uh, I'll never watch it. That's guaranteed I'll never, never watch, watch it. it. <laughs> I refuse. That's the big one. And uh, no more sourdough pictures. I think we're done with sourdough pictures online. Yeah, I don't like that. And the high and mighty people who tell everybody to stay home. We're all, we are staying home, but you have to read 500
0: people going, Take it from me.
1: Stay home. Take it from me. And so yesterday hey, I tweeted. What about
0: the people who don't stay home, but they like think they're practicing social distancing by walking six feet apart down the street together? Have you seen that?
1: Yeah. And also, the, I, I actually had some neighbors I saw sitting in a big circle in the middle of the road. And uh, there was like 10 of them. And uh, I don't know that they, were, they weren't even really six feet apart. Yeah. I don't know but but is telling people online to stay home going to get people who already aren't doing that to then listen to you
0: no you know i think it'll make it worse to tell you the truth one thing i'm noticing is a lot more people accepting like challenges chain challenges i I did one uh not doing my movie thing i'm doing on my own without anybody else telling me to i just kind of came up with that
1: yeah that's what i like
0: it's the one uh, what's that
1: it's original
0: what i like about it but, uh but the one that i'm doing that's not original is that uh, somebody nominated me for this so it's a bit about sharing your favorite books on yeah. facebook so I, I figured why not it's pretty easy all you have to do is find the cover of the book post it and tag somebody in it and so far i've been pretty i'm like uh who can i tag in this that's that's actually going to do it and not complain to me <laughs> about being <tagged>? this, <laughs> this is most of my friends to be honest most people will not want to do this so I, my brother and a couple other people i've tagged that i think are really good mm-hmm. really I'll take you. Okay. Sure. Take me, Sir, sir. <coughs> Pardon Those me. It's like people who are like avid readers. Now I'm not as avid a reader as I once was, but I have a lot of books on my back catalog that I can think of. But One thing I'm hoping this does is gets me, get me motivated to start reading books again. Cause it's something I haven't done in a while. So now that I have time, I should read more books. Um, yeah. What's your uh, recommendations for this week? You said you had something good. Yeah.
1: And I, yeah, I don't think that you've ever said this one, but I could be wrong. And that is on Netflix. I stumbled across um, a, a South Korean show called Kingdom. You know what? Uh, no, I know of it. I've not seen it. This is the zombie one? Yes. Zombies so, in the
0: Middle Ages or something like that.
1: Uh, in the 13, it must be the late 1300s given the costuming. Nobody's on a phone. <laughs> okay, they're on horses.
0: They're on horses. So-
1: So it is, so it is, uh, it is absolutely a thrilling and exciting, and I know it's like more zombies, oh no, but this is like, I watch the show, and the only thing that I'm thinking the whole time I'm watching is, man does Walking Dead suck, like you watch Kingdom, and you're like this, this is a zombie show, and it is great. It's hilarious. The acting is fantastic. The special effects, the budget is shocking. It's better. The budget is better than Picard. I can't, can't say much. Yes, that's right. That's right. Um, but if Sir Patrick Stewart were on Kingdom, that, that show would look cheap too because he cost $7 million or something. But, uh, but I love that show Kingdom. I can't recommend it enough. I'm, I'm not done yet. There's only two seasons, six episodes each. You'll love it. It's like okay. the ultimate dance show, I think. I think you'll love it. All
0: right. I'll check it out. Yeah. Um, I as I said, I'm I'm still doing my movie thing, but I'm trying to uh, mix in other stuff because I don't want just keep moving, and it, it, you get a bit of in a bit of a rut when you keep like I've been watching '80s movies all week, so you know you, you get you certainly get a feel for the decade when you do that. And you get a sense of like these movies are coming out. Uh, I'm almost done watching broadcast news. That's my movie for today or yesterday. I started watching yesterday. Then went to sleep. I'd never seen it before. It's one of it just kind of slipped through my radar. I never watched it. It's really good. It's a phenomenal movie about like TV broadcasting um but uh no what i'm gonna recommend is actually a, a youtube channel that i've come come across recently and it didn't really like it came across one video a number of months ago and i watched it and it was entertaining and i subscribed to the channel and just kind of forgot about it but they've been posting some really good content the channel it's called channel awesome but the show is called the nostalgia critic so the nostalgia critic is a guy who reviews movies primarily movies although he does some tv as well but it's, the idea is that he reviews um, older movies, mostly older movies, um, that was inspire nostalgia, something that has to inspire nostalgia. So that's, you know, older, like, um, you know, he's done, the one that caught my eye was the Star Wars Rise of Skywalker one, which is really good. And it, it's not only um, a review with scripted, you know, uh, lines and lots of funny jokes, but also some reenactments of scenes. Um, he's got kind of a cast of characters who are all, all part of this And they call and reenact things And they call out They kind of call out mistakes the movie makes But also things they do well uh, It's not always a, a bad movie they review Sometimes it's a good movie Like he did Con Air and loved it um, He talked about how awesome that movie is In the context um, And I've just kind of been binging these, these episodes there's, He's been doing it for a number of years He's based out of Chicago And he's been doing this for I want to say five or six years at least So there's a ton of episodes to binge uh, if you're interested in going on YouTube and checking out the Nostalgia Critic, he's really really funny. I really really like it. Awesome. That's what I've been watching on YouTube, um, and yeah, I'll continue on the movie uh, the movie train and and watching more movies. Um, I just kind of pick, I just kind of Google what's, you know, i see what, okay, what movies came out in 1988, I just kind of look up stuff, try and find one I haven't seen, and so far I've only had to watch one movie that I've already seen, which was Return of the Jet, or, you know, it was uh, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, was the only one I've actually already seen out of the ones I've watched, so... Are you going-, going in order, or are you jumping around? I'm, I'm going, I'm trying to go in order, I'm, I am trying to go in order, although I did a bit of jumping around with, um, 1985 was, I, I started watching Crime Wave, then I stopped it and started watching Chopping Mall, which is my 1986 movie uh then i finished crime wave then i finished chopping mall so i i mean i am watching them all but sometimes i'm I'm trying to stay in the same ballpark and i like the idea of like exploring the decade in film and, and staying within that decade as i as i move through this so almost done the 80s onto the 90s uh well i was gonna suggest
1: because uh, for star wars nerds it is almost a big anniversary for the empire strikes back oh it is That's it's right yeah. the 40th anniversary so we're gonna have to do a special uh media nerds podcast but if you're going in order then that one's going back in time
0: for you yeah no i already i've already passed 1980 so but i watched a movie that was made that same year with much much less special effects oh yeah <laughs> that'll be on the stars
1: oh yeah which yeah, yeah. Was, I, which was i thought in the theater
0: <laughs> i think we talked about that already the Booby ship the Booby ship yes of course and, and by the way the the theater loved the Booby ship
1: they loved <laughs> They loved. It. I remember the uh, the theater burst into applause when they saw it. they were like, now "That's some funny booby ship
0: <laughs> <Like> around there." <laughs> All right. Well, that's gonna do it for this episode of the Media Nerds. I'm Dan Vadavanker. I'm Kenton Larson. Don't let the door hit you in the ass.